Well, welcome to Labor Radio Podcast Network's recap of the AFL-CIO 2022 convention in Philadelphia. We're reporting on the road somewhere in Ohio with the Labor Radio Podcast Network team that is traveling to Chicago for the Labor Notes conference that begins tomorrow. And so I want to talk about what the experience was at the AFL-CIO convention. Patrick, what are your overall thoughts about the convention in Philadelphia? I suppose I might have had this sort of pre-impression beforehand that it would be lots of old guys with slick back hair in suits, dated two-button suits rather than three-button suits, and uh, I guess they wouldn't be smoking everywhere anymore, but that everyone would pile out of the convention center and go to bars afterwards and ring up expensive dinners on their members' money. But in fact, it was, as I think one of our interviews from this morning's show highlighted and articulated probably better than I will, it was a lot more diverse than I was actually expecting. I I enjoyed meeting many of these guests from around the world whom Karen Nussbaum organized to come and speak at the Labour Radio Podcast Network booth and we helped a bit with the sound engineering and I think we've made some of those available. I was able to interview a couple of folks though from Sri Lanka, from the Maldives. So these were pretty unique opportunities, I think. I thought you were gonna talk about our guest from Alabama who was so wonderful. Well, we're, we're stood there, we have a booth that's next to the Bank of Labor and the Bank of Labor has a very large sign with a picture of someone in a hard hat and it's a lady wearing a hard hat and it says like local president on it. And then at a certain point I look up and that person stood there in front of the sign. Minus the hard hat. She's dressed quite fashionably. And I said, oh, hey, look, Chris, you should go and ask her what it's like to be the face of the Bank of Labor. And you went and interviewed, this is Erica Stewart from the Boilermakers. And Erica's story was, you told, I said, what was it like to be on the the side of the Bank of Labor? And you're like, her story is a lot more interesting than that. We didn't even get to that. that. And it was, we were listening, listen back to our own shows sometimes we're listening back to our own show this morning and we, we do edit these interviews and that it, that interview we cut it off at a certain point <laughs> well thank you patrick speaking from the passenger side seat while our fearless leader chris garlock is driving so chris you uh have helped mastermind the labor radio podcast network and now we've finally come on the other side of the Zoom screen and actually seeing people in person and you've been to a number of conventions and what were your impressions? Wow, so this was a four-person team in Philadelphia which was me, Patrick, Evan, and Mel and I had not met Mel in person before uh, Saturday. Been lots of Zoom calls with her. She's been a part of the team since for a year now, I think, Patrick. Something like that? About that, yeah. Yeah. Nine months. Nine months. Patrick and I have only met a couple of times. Evan and I have only met a couple of times. We've all been working together for a few years now. I mean, the convention was really interesting, but I actually want to just talk more about the network because it was just really great to spend a few days working intensively together. And then the second leg, which we're on now, going to the Labor Notes Conference, it's the three of us heading out. And to me, that kind of 
I, I know what he's talking about. It's been it's been really cool getting to work together. It's long days, starts early, goes late, very intense work. But to talk to all of these folks at the convention and get their reactions and their thoughts. And one of the things that we talked about earlier today when we were, I think, stuck in a traffic jam outside of Philadelphia was we could have just used a lot of the great feeds from the convention that the AFL was putting up. But then we wouldn't really have had a reason to be there in person. And so we really wanted to talk to people who were just walking by. And that's what we did. And so there was there was a wonderful randomness. And it really was Patrick just saying, oh, either there's somebody that we knew or that person looks interesting. Let's go talk to them. And that's how the network feels to me, that we're really committed to bringing workers' voices out and that was a really cool part. So I guess I'll leave that there for now. Back to you, Evan. And how fortunate I am to be in the car with Patrick Dixon and Chris Garlock. And my reactions as an unorganized worker and someone who's quite new to the very deep bureaucracy of the AFL-CIO and I've been to many events in the government through U.S. Agency International Development, so I'm very familiar with running events and attending events, and I had that similar feel, but there's something about labor and about how it truly impacts people's lives that is why I'm so attracted to spending the rest of my life in trying to promote and support organized labor. And it's interesting to see a lot of people's takes on the new leadership that was just announced with Liz Schuler, first female president of the AFL-CIO. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do next because there's a, lot of, there's a lot of questioning from the different affiliate labor unions of what this leadership is going to do. The labor has been in retreat for the last 40 years, and there has been upsurges and swings lately. And it's going to be interesting to see the dichotomy from the top-down organizing of the AFL-CIO to where we're going next with Labor Notes Conference, which is more bottom-up and grassroots. And I've just been humbled by seeing all the people that that I've met over the last few days who've done so much in organizing and improving working people's lives. And we can always do it better. And there's always going to be people who criticize and we're going to debate and continue to try to do better and at the same time though I just feel very fortunate to be on this journey and in this year 2022 it's going to be a very big midterm and uh, yeah I'm enjoying I'm along for the ride so here's back to Mr. Garlock. Evan just sparked a couple things first of all you were reminding me of how wonderful even though we had to wear masks and do all that stuff just to be in person. And there was uh, still a fair amount of of, uh, hugging and shaking hands. And it's one of the things I've always loved about the labor movement is that it's it's just once you grow up, you're not really supposed to hug so much anymore, but we really do it in a labor movement. And the last couple of years between either being stuck, you know, in isolation or when we are together, not being able to do that has been very weird. Even though we're trying to be careful about it, you just, you see somebody you haven't seen in three years and you just hug them, you know? (laughs) The other thing was just, to, to, to Evan's point, 
It was really inspiring. And Patrick and I just had about an hour or so after Joe Biden's speech yesterday where we just roamed the hall, buttonholing people at random and getting reactions. And almost universally, people were just happy to talk and react and had all different kinds of reactions. And what was cool just from the network point of view was that a lot of these folks had never been approached by a media outlet before. And sometimes that meant that they were nervous and didn't know what to say. And Patrick, I'm thinking of the two postal workers I thought were really cool. The first one I talked to, and she was not shy at all. The guy, I think, didn't want to talk at first. Yeah, yeah. And they were having a kind of an intense conversation. She was like, oh, yeah, and jumped right in and had just a bunch of really interesting. It wasn't so much the content of what she said, but that it wasn't it wasn't just that she liked what Biden said. It was that she really responded to the fact that he cared about working people and that connected with her somehow on a really basic level. And also, uh, the two of them were the ones that, that they wanted to know right after we interviewed them. Okay, where can we listen to this? How can we tune into the Labor Radio Podcast Network? And we should uh, actually can turn it back to Evan to talk about because we have some breaking news as to our next step. So why don't you guys talk about that? Hold the press. Breaking news coming right now. Talking about the desire to continue to build and grow the network and trying to figure out ways to streamline the delivery of content to ever-growing audiences and ever-growing number of members and podcast producers and radio hosts. And so we are looking at organizing the next gen app. And the goal ultimately is to create a labor media ecosystem for labor, by labor, that can bypass the control of much of the discourse and to really focus on how we can further elevate the grassroots voices and distribute them far and wide, or if we want to help build new voices and give support and uh, pointers and training, we're also looking at that. But the goal is ultimately to create a streaming labor radio service that is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and an app that can go onto a phone and that anyone can download and can find any type of topic that they're interested in on labor and that is close to them geographically. And in areas where there are holes that aren't covering labor in that geography or on that topic, that we can actually start trying to call out and see if there are voices nearby in unions or in organized labor or people who want to form unions and need to get the voice out there. So it's a very exciting time. We're still very early in this process. And I see this is going to continue on because it's needed. And it's also exciting and it's fun and it's great meeting so many people. And I love the fact that we're documenting the history of labor right now, one voice at a time. So I'm going to give this back to Chris. We always talk about the app specifically because the thing is, here's what happened when we were talking to folks was that they wanted to basically know where, how do I listen to this? And what we realized was that we don't have a simple answer for that. And so we're, we basically work on, we want to work on being able to deliver all of these great labor radio shows and podcasts to listeners basically with one button. 
and we were talking about this at our weekly meeting today as we were driving. And actually, the really cool sort of suggestion from Harold was that it would be something like you just hit this random button and just a show comes up on the app. could be anything out of the 150 shows. I, I just love that idea that, you know, because we have such a variety of shows. And if you like it, great. You can subscribe to it. And if you don't, then just push next and keep going until you find something that you do. The other thing that was just reminded of that was really cool about being at the convention with our sort of open air studio was that Karen Nussbaum used it to interview a bunch of the international visitors. She was wearing her Working America hat for that particular project. But she's, of course, the co-founder of 9to5, but before she retired, she was working for the Working America at the AFL-CIO. Karen came really prepared. She interviewed, I think, two dozen international visitors and had a it what appeared to me to be encyclopedic knowledge of the labor movement issues in each of the countries that she talked to. She had notes and... Uh, I might have a few scribbles, but <laughs> I don't usually have notes. So that was great. And then to have the folks from LACLA, they used the studio to interview, to record interviews, which were all in Spanish, and that was really cool. And then Rick Smith came for a visit on Monday and so enjoyed that he came back on Tuesday, did a couple of interviews for us, which I think we've already run. And then we also reversed it, but uh, Patrick interviewed the folks at the Mini Center for a session for the Labor History Podcast, which I suppose will probably run this coming Sunday. Patrick? I talked to Ben Blake and Alan Weirdak from the Meany, Meany Labor Archives, and they'd been asked to prepare a stand-up exhibit on the history of labor in, in Pennsylvania. I suppose with a particular focus on Philadelphia for the event, and so they'd drawn on the vast collection that they have there at the mini archives of photographs of records and they created this really stunning collage of all sorts of images going back to the, from the 18th century through to the late 20th century in the whole wide diverse array of different labor actions and different sort of political activities on the part of women, on the part of freed African-American people, then <laughs> in the later period on the part of labor unions. So yeah, we talked to them about that. Ben's interesting to talk to. But in, in that he has, as a professional archivist, he has, he, he explained to us that there are some archivists that essentially wait for people to bring things to their archives and taking collections and catalog them and record them and, and there's a certain type of archivist or there's a certain approach to, the, to, the, to, to his profession that encourages going out and being very proactive and active in, in collecting sources and sort of documentation and evidence of historical actions as they occur to avoid what archivists call the erasure of history and we talked to Ben about many of the exhibits that were on display at the in the convention hall too. We did interview our friends from the Mini Archives and that episode will appear soon. So looking ahead, I'm very excited for Labor Notes and I love Chicago. I have spent several years of my life working downtown and living out in the suburbs and 
Chicago also is a mecca for a lot of labor history struggles, going back to the Haymarket riots, to the steel strikes, and it goes on and on. It's been an industrial town for a very long time, and organized labor has been a very important part of building America in Chicago. And I'm also interested in seeing this kind of looser, grassroots-focused labor notes. I'm just learning about the history of labor notes, and this conference was formed in the late 1970s. And I'm interested in meeting a lot of people that didn't show up at the AFL-CIO conference. I'm also interested in seeing a lot of people who I saw at the AFL-CIO conference and seeing just how the vibe may be a little bit different. And very excited for the Labor Arts Exchange beginning kickoff with Elise Bryant and her crew. And those are just some of the few things that I'm excited about. And to continue documenting and interviewing and producing work for Labor Radio Podcast Network. So, Chris, what are you looking forward to this weekend? Uh, no, I thought you captured it pretty well. This was also not on our original plan. This whole thing came together, you know, organically, I guess is one way to put it. A little bit of planning, but Philly was easy. It's a couple of hours from where we all live, but Chicago, you know, it's it's far and it's big. This conference, I think they had to cut off registration when it hit 4,000. And my guess is some more folks will be coming in. I've been to the AFL convention many times. It's much looser now than it used to be. It's much more diverse now than it used to be. At the end of the day, it's still a pretty straightforward labor convention, and you've got resolutions and plenaries. And I went to Labor Notes. It's been a while since I've been, but it's got a very different vibe. Last I checked, and Evan, you correct me if I'm wrong, but there are hundreds maybe many hundreds of workshops, we are not going to even attempt. I think the closest we're going to get to that is we're going to ask people what their favorite workshop is or what they're looking forward to. But I'm really looking forward to going from one to the other. I feel there it's all the labor movement. It's different facets of the labor movement. I do think we're going to see a big drop in average age which will be interesting. But we're all trying to do the same thing. And from the Labor Radio Podcast Network point of view, I think both Patrick and Evan talked about this. We're all activists. For me, I just want to get all these voices out there. That's not whether I agree with them or disagree with them. I'm just so excited to hear all these different voices. And when you get that good interview, that gold interview, that you get that 15-minute interview that you have to cut down to five and you feel bad about every one of those 10 minutes you leave on the cutting room floor. That's a good day right there. So that's what I'm looking forward to. How about you, Patrick? I haven't been to this one before either, so I am pretty interested. As you mentioned, it's Labor Notes is really big, I'll be honest. The booklet of events looked like it was about 30 pages long. So I still need to read through that to figure out which workshops I'm attending. I feel we're going to be sport for choice. I'm looking forward to the different perspectives we're going to hear in Chicago. All right. So this is our brief check-in from the road with the Labor Radio Podcast Network team. Unfortunately, Mel Smith is not with us and Harold Phillips is also not with us, but they are with us in spirit and they continue to provide support in the auxiliaries on the wings and uh yeah it's going to be exciting next several days of capturing more voices and building the network out and putting us on the map yep turn right here on 
exit 176. So we stay tuned to the Labor Radio Podcast Network, and we will be. You're gonna want to go to Mansfield left. Lots of construction going on in Ohio right now, and not too many straight roads. So yeah, this is Evan Papp signing off for the Labor Radio Podcast Network from the back seat of Patrick Dixon's car with Chris Garlock at the wheel. Stay tuned.